The Book Guys Show is brought to you by the Great Dalek Empire. The Dalek Emperor most certainly does not want to kill you. It's the Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves. I'm Craig Damlo, and we're just waiting here on Book Mountain for Professor Allen to show up. Yeah, I didn't know we were going to do this episode in the TARDIS, uh, or I would have worn some pants. Ah, there he is now. Holy crap, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, it's smaller on the outside. Hello, Professor, I brought you some Nitro 9. Thanks, Ace. Let's go pick up our guests, eh? All right, let me close the door. All right, hit it. <laughs> hey, guys, while we're in flight, let me uh, take the time to let the constant readers know this is an all-Doctor Who episode. So if you're not a fan of Doctor Who, you'll want to skip ahead to episode 136 for this week's book news. See our guests are on the scanner. Here they come. Let's welcome our guests, starting with Andrew Chalmers from Doctor Who Dark Journey. How are you, Andrew? I'm brimming with enthusiasm, thanks to you, kind gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> and our second guest today, M.A. Tamburo, also from Doctor Who Dark Journey. And how are you this evening? I'm great. I just, I, it's so, Andrew, have you noticed? It's, it's bigger it's on, it's yeah. bigger on inside yeah i like on the outside i think they're like crazy what what is this it's wild it's like a vacuum in here (laughs) i know this is andrew this isn't your your uh usual tardis that we just have a little crappy type 33 run around to go to you know you know to scarrow for a pint of milk and back you know yeah and we did redecorate it's a it is good it's a rental it's good i like the the rental i keep my sandwiches in there (laughs) keep them cool right Absolutely. So, guys, we're, we're going to start off talking about some Doctor Who uh, audio dramas. Audio dramas. And, and I figure we, we might as well talk about uh, Doctor Who Dark Journey first. What do you say? Sure. I, lo- I love that fantasy. That was very good. There you go. <laughs> so, Doctor Who Dark Journey, I've, I've been really, in, I, I totally binged on it. I, I can't wait till you guys come out with more. Tell us a bit about uh, the Dark Journey. Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, it's a it's a it's a twelve part audio drama, and it uh, features our own version of the Doctor on his last incarnation, or possibly past his last incarnation. And he's uh, he's teamed up with Sherlock Holmes, and together they're on the trail of Jack the Ripper in eighteen eighty eight London, England. But uh, even more nefarious things happen to the Doctor and uh, Sherlock Holmes, who's a uh, sort of the classic version of Sherlock Holmes, sort of from, from the novels that sort of take on it. And um, they have uh, some, some dark adventures together, which um, ties into the Doctor's past, and we get to see what, um, what the Doctor's been up to and some, some major regrets in his life at the end of his, at the end of his time span that he's having um, and, some, and how he's dealing with all of that. Uh, I mean, you're the director slash producer, I believe? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, uh, Andy and I got together. Um, I believe it was, it was about end of end of 2014, beginning of 2015, and we were thinking about what what we could do to sort of celebrate what we what uh, was a really 
um, our biggest fandom, our biggest thing that we were both really, really interested in, which was Doctor Who. And we thought, well, why don't we do an audio drama? We've done some things before together, some short films and some writing um, and uh, in local magazines here in Toronto. But uh, we thought, well, let's let's take a stab at, at doing an audio drama. Now, Andy, why don't you tell the story? How did that how did that go down? Give us the locale. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, um, how did it go down? Wow, that's very, I like that. It's like a Scorsese play. Um, well, Mike Mike and I had done some things before. Uh, we'd done uh, various, um, uh, I would say, we worked on a couple of screenplays together. We did a lot of pilots, uh, went down to the CBC, and they told us all they wanted were reality shows, but we went ahead and we did a couple of, you know, sort of... Um, Pilots sort of based on uh, enthusiasm and the favors of kind people and then we had, we had a lot of scripts and Mike said to me Let's do something and I said great as long as it's not Doctor Who because I, I know what he's like uh, and um, He said let's do Doctor Who and I said no and he said you can be the doctor and I said well Let's start Monday. So that's the famous story <laughs> uh, He automatically knew that I would love to run around and, and, and play the doctor so I already had the script. I submitted a script to the uh, the Canadian Film School, and um, uh, that worked a treat because I got rejected from there. So I had the script, and I thought, well, I've done Doctor Who. I've done my own version of it. It was meant to be Tennant originally, and uh, Holmes and Jack the Ripper. It was supposed to be an episode. Um, but then I thought, well, I'm not going to do Tennant. I'll do my own Doctor. I'll be the Doctor. I'll try and make it a little bit different. He's on his last regeneration. There's some kind of major guilt that he's got. He's very troubled, but he's still the same doctor. Um, and then we did it. We did it as five episodes, and then we completed it. And it was it was great. You know, the five episodes were um, well received. Uh, we ended on a big uh, cliffhanger, and uh, we came back and did season two with uh, with you know basically uh, our AM Audio family. Uh, fantastic individuals, creative people who, who helped us no end with it. It really was. It really was the sum of of some great people, um, and that's you know basically what we did. The first season is more of a standard mystery with a touch of the supernatural, and the second season, Mike and I decided to go for basically sort of horror gothic uh, in terms of the the approach. So the, the first season was. A little bit of who's the Ripper, but it was more of who the Doctor is, and then the second was all sorts of stuff. I think we were we were influenced by the fiftieth in writing it, in terms of trying to reach back and go to Hartnell, and but not in a way that was kind of self indulgent and took you away from the plot. We managed to get the Daleks in and Hartnell, but in a way that we felt wasn't self indulgent, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I like you. You slipped in a little uh, Tom Baker there too, which is kind of neat. Sure. Well, Wang Chiang is one of our favorites. <laughs> and the fact that at the end of it all, you know, my doctor would give the fourth. Sorry, my doctor would give Holmes the deer stalker that the fourth doctor had was was something that we couldn't really, you know, resist. You know, and the doctor coming up with the idea for Watson to write the books and, you know, but we didn't want to go too far with that. But it was nice at the end, you know, to do it because I. You know, I love Wang Chiang. Mike loves Wang Chiang, so it just seemed natural. And Clayton, our sound guy, did such a phenomenal job slotting that sequence in there that we couldn't resist, really. It sounded good. If it sounded bad, we'd have to drop the idea. 
Yeah, I got to say your sound uh, production value is is, uh, off the charts. Uh, As Professor Allen said before the show started, uh, got to let people know that their their audio production is don't compare it to ours. Like this is this is some top notch uh, sound production coming out of Doctor Who Dark Journey. Well, thank you. I mean, I agree with you entirely. I think when Mike and I first heard um, the first the first bits of the episodes, and Mike was very heavily involved in sort of you know the mixing and the balancing and everything else. Uh, but I mean, when I first heard it, I, I really I couldn't believe how well realized it was and that was down to uh, to clayton turner who was the sound engineer for the first five and then um I, in season two we took a different approach because of the volume we now had seven episodes and they were overdosing on special you know effects really i mean it was possessed trains <laughs> i mean i remember our sound guy saying what's a possessed mike and i were <laughs> We want more demons. We want more screaming. And and we got a lot of screaming, but it was usually from the sound engineers. (laughs) You know, it was ambitious stuff. You know, and I gave Mike a heart attack because I, you know, I write like a million flashbacks in every page. So, you know, so, you know, there was a lot of fun. But like I said, I mean, you know, we had fantastic people uh, who helped us. It wouldn't, it wouldn't exist without them. The artist, the sound design people coming in to to read wonderfully for parts and do it i mean you know fandoms about people it's about the family of of people um my god you know fantastic you know it's it's one family i'd love to have christmas with you know what i mean yes hey we have a couple of uh, clips i don't know if you guys want to play one just to give our listeners a taste of what we're talking about sure whatever fantastic thank you yeah we'd love to all right uh, i've got dogs or rooftop your pick. Yes, we have a sequence here. So we've got uh, <laughs> oh, Holmes and the Doctor are uh, are uh, being chased down by rabid dogs. Oh, nice! Wild, wild, venomous dogs. Let's bring that up. You have your magnifying glass. I have my orange crystal. That can't be right. What is it? There is an energy reading. The sword is not from Earth. And before you start with that, there is no life on other planets. For a man to make such a statement, he has to be mad, lying, or telling the truth. You're not a liar, nor are you mad, Doctor. Oh, I had one of my big speeches planned. I love those. I believe you, Doctor. There's something in the darkness. A wild dog, it's enormous. Not wild. Possessed. And not dog, but... Dogs, hundreds. We're surrounded. That, now that is uh, that is a brilliant clip because I think that is uh, what's interesting about that is that is actually the first time that uh, Andrew and our brilliant Sherlock Holmes, award-winning Sherlock Holmes, Roy Miranda actually met each other, right, Andy? <laughs> yeah. That was your first scene that you recorded together, right? Yeah, it was the first scene, and the reason I'm sniggering here is because it's a bit of an in-joke the way with me that this is a story I always tell. So I thought my... this was the first time. I was just. What, this is the, oh, okay. I'm sniggering away, laughing like a pantomime villain. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, well, let me let me regale you with the first time ever. Yeah, Roy, Roy and I met in the basement, uh, recording, which was done out like um, it was a studio. It was we were down lower lower level in there, and we met, and that was it. We did the we did the scene, and um, 
the nice thing about it was, and I always say this, and it's true, uh, is that, you know, Roy and I are now sort of firm friends. We're almost like the Doctor and Holmes in real life. But we only met a few seconds before. But I think there is um, a lot being said about, you know, the dynamic, you know, between us, um, which is good. But, I mean, you know, Roy was, was a delight to, um, you know, to play off of. And he, he improvised a lot of scenes and came up with things. Him and Mike came up with the, the wine gum scene, which is one of my favorites. Uh, from the whole thing, which I thought um, sort of highlighted the humor um, of them. Um, there is a bit of, uh, there is there, there was a bit of, you know, bad blood, Mike. I can talk about the whole thing, the award. If you must. Yeah, there was a bit of bad blood. You know, uh, Roy, Roy came on as, uh, as a hired actor. Uh, we gave him uh, some cowboy hats from the dollar store and some, some cheap Chinese food. So... <laughs> He was well looked after, but he, he did. He, he he won the award. I was nominated. I didn't win. And uh, he basically, after that, it became a bit of a diva show. He wanted makeup. He wanted lighting. He wanted higher quality Chinese food and cowboy hats. So he became a little bit. He wanted raw. Yeah, it was But but we're now we're now okay and. Um, uh, he's fine. I only talk to him through his agent, but he's a nice guy, and he always he always has time for me through his agent. Nice. <laughs> now, now for me, as as big a fan as I am of the Doctor, of course, my favorite fictional character of all time may very well be Sherlock Holmes. So this was custom made for me. Was that Holmes and the Doctor combination? It sounds like that was there from the very genesis of this project. Um, I think so, yeah. I think uh, we wanted to do something like that. I, w I was always a big fan of Basil Rathbone, mm -hmm. um, one of the uh, of the quintessential homes uh, before. And the other thing that you, you kind of have to bear in mind is, is this was written before the BBC show. This was written when the only thing in the offing was the forthcoming mm -hmm. Rob Downey Jr. movie. And when that move, when the trailer for that movie came out, and it was about, it showed you things that look like, you know, sacrifices and stuff like that. I'm like, oh god, I hope people don't think we've, we've kind of ripped this off, you know. But there was nothing, and then after this, it was, it was Sherlock mania. But it was, it was, it was written at a time when Holmes was literally uh, existed in the books that I had since I was a kid. Um, obviously, you know, Mike was a fan as well, but all the fandom of stuff happened afterwards, you know, so, but, you know, perfect. And I also have a copy of, um, there's a new adventure as well. I think it's called the, the, the undying flame or something, you know, one of those, do you remember the Sylvester McCoy Virgin new adventures? Oh, uh, there, guys? Those? Yeah. I've been going through them on my Kindle. I won't tell you how I got them, but, oh, well, uh, you probably got them from the same place I did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the paperbacks are out of print, right? And they haven't reprinted them, so they're really hard to find. And I'm not paying, you know, eighty, you know, nine hundred dollars for a banged up paperback. <laughs> How many do you have? They're great stories, though. I do have a couple of the paperbacks myself, but I, I do uh, technically I have all of them. I'm going through them one by one. Oh, right. Okay. Because I, <laughs> you know, I could be able to to maybe help you if you need if you needed them. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming like some kind of sordid uh, side deal here. This is great. I don't, uh, I don't want to say too much about this, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Guys, say right? no more. Say no more. Yeah. Couple, wait, wait, nudge, nudge. Wait, a couple you, of cowboy hats, some Chinese food. Chinese. They're all yours. <laughs> all yeah, there you go. So we can, 
we can talk in a not so public arena. Yes, um, yes. But that was it. Yeah, the whole idea of, of having Holmes there was, um, you know, was was something, and have him have a, have him go through some kind of um, emotional journey. We we wrote in the backstory about his his mom, and you know, when when faced with with a question, or you know, always find an answer, and something something hinted that maybe in hindsight we could have done, you know, more with with Holmes, kind of you know, descending into. The moment where he became Holmes, but you can only do you can only do so much, you know. <laughs> but uh, Roy, yeah, you know, Roy did a fantastic job with um, with that, and uh, you know, good luck to him and his uh, forthcoming movie career. That's all I can say. There you go. <laughs> hey, and I noticed that there are some, let's call them interesting promos on your podcast feed. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm wondering, um, where are we going with these promos? Is this an actual series, or are we just having a laugh between uh, between <laughs> seasons? Well, which Mike, you better take this because Mike's Mike's good at coming up with with getting a microphone <laughs> and a group of our friends together, and 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 him saying to me, "Don't worry about it, Charmy. It'll be okay." And then something's <laughs> recorded, like an American Doctor Who or. <laughs> Drinking in the park with Neil and Johnny. Mike just goes nuts. He's the microphone assassin, right? So, <laughs> which one are you talking about? Season three? Yes. Oh, I see. Okay, Mike. Yeah. yeah well, there's. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We had. Yeah. There's some ideas out there. There's some ideas out there for season three, which uh, was put together quite brilliantly by uh, Kevin Gray, who was one of our sound designers on the second series. And um, so, yeah, those are those are out there, which are something that we uh, we would like to do, or maybe thinking of doing. It's all it's all out there. The other thing that we did was uh, we did a little take. We kind of took the Mickey. Is take the Mickey? Is that right, Chami? Take the take the Mickey's good. Absolutely. Mickey, yeah. UK approved. UK. <laughs> I always check with Chami about my Britishisms. 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 UK approved. UK thing. approved. UK approved. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a bit. Of, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit of a laugh. It's a bit of a self-parody of what we were doing, but also, I guess, of the the what what uh, could be uh, called, I guess, a sort of American take on uh, Doctor Who. So we put our own little stamp on it. Our uh, one of our actors, Atway Atway, and a good friend of ours um, played the American Doctor. And we have a little regeneration scene between Andrew and him, and there's a bit of fun there in that. Yeah. <laughs> I just picture that that American doctor, you know, holding a Glock and, you know, eat, eating bacon people, and yeah. American flag tie, you know. <laughs> eating T-bone steak raw. Yeah, he's, he's nuts. He's crazy. Yeah, companion in a bikini kind of thing. Fantastic. Doctor Who, Dark Journey. Female companion in a bikini. I just want to stress. <laughs> oh, Depends on okay. which part yeah, of the gotcha US. Now. Gotcha it, whatever, now. <laughs> whatever, whatever yanks your virgin new adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's one of the things that we've put out in this out there. It's it sort of depends on what people want. Like we get all kinds of feedback after the first season. We weren't even sure if we were going to carry on at all, or if we were going to, you know, finish the story. We wanted to finish the story. We weren't sure. Well, is anybody listening to this? Is anybody interested? And then. There were so many people that were emailing us and, you know, so many downloads and all this kind of stuff. And the encouragement was, you know, wow, we've, we've got to carry on. We've got to do this. So many people are liking this and are into it. And as Andrew was saying, you know, people for the second series, even more so than the first series, really, really pitched in. And, you know, it's there's a lot of fan artists that did all the great artwork and, you know, the sound designers and the music. 
I mean, it should be pointed out too, the music, which we never talk about enough, was all custom composed by um, Toronto composers um, that all lines up with, uh, with the dialogue brilliantly, which we didn't have a lot of. We had a wee bit of in the first season, but the second season was really... The, the music itself is just lovely to listen to, I think. I, I, if, you I go think... Onto the, if you go onto the iTunes feed, there are a couple of episodes, you know, specials that you did where you just you just uh, put the music out. And that, those exactly, nice. yeah. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say, your your theme song, the Doctor. Now that you you gave me the full version, uh, it's now yeah, my favorite iteration of that theme song. It's just so Pink Floyd. I love it. <laughs> yep, that's a Traffic Experiment, a brilliant band in the UK that very kindly lent uh, lent that song to us, and uh, it just it fits it fits perfectly with uh, with I think the theme of the show. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the everyone. Loves, it's funny when when you venture off and you do these things. It's like anything else. You you kind of say, well, you know, we're doing it our own way and blah, 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 blah. And then and then on the inside, you're, you're desperate for people to like it, you know. And people uh, people would say, oh, you know, we love it. And Mike and I would all be sort of like excited and eager. And then they'd say, the music's great. The music's fantastic. And we're like, oh, God, the bloody music again. But, you know, I mean that. In good <laughs> but the music is absolutely, um, absolutely brilliant. And you can actually buy it on vinyl, can't you, Mike? Yes, you can. Oh, neat. If you go to uh, the Traffic Experiment web- website, which you can look up on the Google. Um, yes. Yeah, you can you can order a vinyl LP. I have one myself hanging on my wall. And so do I. Yeah, and it's like a what is it six, over six minutes? It's a it's a really nice uh, rendition. Yeah, and it, it doesn't take away. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, it does take from the uh, the original enough that it still feels like a, a proper Doctor Who theme. Yes, yes, it uh, it does. It's something very uh, unique, and uh, there's a video of their performance of it on YouTube as well. And the the young lady who sings that sort of ethereal and don't think i'm going to try and do it now uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean i need an ambulance uh but i mean if you watch that i mean they're obviously um very 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 talented uh, musicians and you know to to compose that and to structure it in that way which is fantastic on the subject of of great compositions obviously we had sorry jo- uh, mike what's josh's last name because I, I i always call him josh he's like a brother Hemming. Hemming, okay. Yeah, Josh- our, our, yeah, our main music guy. Yeah, Joshua Hemming, yeah. Joshua Hemming did, he's got a very Shakespearean name, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, Joshua Hemming of the Manor is here to see you. Um, Josh- Joshua Benjamin Hemming. Benjamin, yes, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Josh, um, Josh Hemming of the Manor um, is a sound engineer. Uh, he works in the movie industry, and... He's also, um, he does musical scores as well. So we had his wonderful talents on for episodes one, two, and six. And Mike, um, Mike spoke with Josh and, and we spoke with him and everything else. And he, and he, he said, I, I love Doctor Who. I'm a William Hartnell fan. I'm, I'm delighted with this because it's got William Hartnell in it and everything. But I mean, his, his music in particular really... I mean, when we when we released uh, episodes uh, one and two as as uh, a sneak preview to our sort of you know, as I said, the AM Audio family, everyone said it's like it's like listening to a movie, and we're like, well, that's appropriate because a movie guy scored it, but he did he did his own version of the Doctor Who theme for us. He did the Dark Journey Doctor Who theme, which is also on. Uh, 
SoundCloud as well, but he did a, a very unique version of it, which is kind of Holmesian as well as Doctor Who as well. Oh. And that's that's brilliant. I mean, yeah. I, I you know, I opened my email account one day and, and someone had done an actual theme, especially for Dark Journey, which was which was it's that's an incredible thing to to experience. I mean, oh. that's a that it's mind blowing. It's just I mean, it's it's brilliant as well. It's fantastic. Yeah, we'll have to put links to that and the live performance uh, as well in the in the show notes. Excellent. And the other thing, uh, I'm on a bit of a um, a, a roll here, but the other thing is um, we had uh, a brilliantly, brilliantly talented um, artist. Question number six is her uh, enigmatic um, name, and um, she contacted us and she said, "I'd love to. I've listened to Dark Journey. I love it. I'd love to. I'd love to illustrate it as a comic strip." And she's got a very, very unique way of, of illustrating. Mike and I were, were blown away, and she she went away and she produced four pages, which is basically the first episode. It ends with the it ends with the dogs, which is the clip that we heard. Uh, and question number six has actually gone on to illustrate um, over ten covers now for Titan Doctor Who comics officially. Oh, nice. So she's got yeah. So basically, like there's there's a there's an illustration of the Dark Journey Doctor. And then you've got 9, 10, 11, 12, the War Doctor. She's doing Sherlock as well for Titan. I've bought them all. They're, she's a fantastic artist. She makes, it, she makes it look simple, which it's not. So, I mean, what an honor. I mean, you know, number six came to us and said, can we do it? Can I do it? The next thing you know, she's doing Marvel Comics. I mean, that's fantastic. pretty wild. Really, really wild. I mean, so many, so many great stories. I mean, just fantastic. Awesome. Hey, uh, listen, guys, uh, you know, obviously you're fans, so I, I hope you guys will stick around for the whole episode and we'll we'll uh, we'll talk some other Doctor Who entertainment. Sure. Uh, yeah, we'd love to. And be but before we do, we have to remind the folks where they can find uh, Doctor Who Dark Journey. Ooh, well, uh, we can find Doctor Who Dark Journey on our website, which is amaudiomedia.com. That's amaudiomedia.com. Or you can just look us up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Player FM. Fantastic. We're going to take a quick bake, and we will come back with Andrew Chalmers. Did I say bake? We're going to take a quick bake, okay, and we'll be I'm back. Okay. I'm hungry. I'm, where's, where's the top? Where's the top? <laughs> we'll be back with Andrew Chalmers and M.A. <laughs> Tamboro right after this. All hail the supreme Dalek. Worship him. Worship him. Report. We have found an economical way to spread our propaganda in the Earth year 2016. Explain. For only 25 Earth dollars a month, we can sponsor one episode of Book Guys Show. A pure blessed Dalek idea. How can we proceed? We must go to patreon.com slash bookguys and become a patron of Book Guys Show. Proceed. Obey him. Obey him. It is done. Initiate the time scanner. Let us hear this propaganda transmission. Bandwidth for this week's episode of Book Guys is brought to you by the Great Dalek Empire. The Dalek Emperor most certainly does not want to exterminate you or kill all humans.
waiting for you, Doctor. You know the demon's name. <laughs> I am the master. For more exciting adventures in audio time and space, visit us online at amaudiomedia.com. Hi, I'm Manu Sodia, the author of Treconomics, the comics of Star Trek, and you're listening to The Bug Guys. Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. And we're back from our break. We are refreshed and ready to go. Talk about some more uh, audio dramas. Hey, we have one more clip uh, we didn't play yet from the uh, from your uh, audio drama. Maybe we should right. do that first. How about that? Yeah, please. This is Emily on the rooftop. How did you know I was up here on the roof? Actually, I didn't. I like to take in the night air myself. I never heard you. Mind you, you must need to be quiet in your line of work, sir. Well, I've caught a few monsters. Call me John. All right. Just past that star is... Oh, yes? A really great little pub. Oh, have you been? Not anymore. I got kicked out. So what's the story? I love the stars. To come up after everyone's asleep and just... I mean, what's up there? Down here, monsters walk the earth. My mum always told me that angels fly through the skies watching over us, the children... Someone very close to me once said that I searched the stars because I was really searching for myself. And did you find yourself, John? No, I think I lost myself. What would your friend say now? I can't hear her anymore. Something about the stars tonight. What? I don't know. They're frightening somehow. I've never seen that before. Don't be scared, it's okay. Here's a little good luck charm for you. It's a beautiful pendant. I can't. It was my friend's. I've had it too long. But you should keep it to remember. I don't want to remember anymore. You must keep it, John. I won't need it anymore. What do you mean? John, uh, are you okay? Sometimes I uh, see things. What do you see, John? White, cotton secret. It's, it's been stolen. I've got you. I'm, I'm okay. I had a bad night. I don't sleep. Nightmares. Let's get you downstairs by the fire. What the hell was all that about? Well, I, what was that? It was so confusing. <laughs> I like the girl, but he was overdoing it a bit, wasn't he? All that fainting nonsense. Disgusting. Uh, I could feel. I could. I could see him fainting. Well done. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. Thank the you. writing was good, though. The writing was good. Not sure yeah. about the rap. But... <laughs> the writing was. I. I heard it was lifted from a new adventure novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's uh, that's one of our favorites, isn't it, Michael? It sure is, Andrew. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, that's Katie's Forrest, who plays Emily Hudson, uh, quite brilliantly, and she also does. Uh, a variety of other voices uh, in yeah. the audio drama. I think we're going to talk about audio dramas in a bit, but you know, obviously, people double up a little bit. So Emily is very talented. She was able to play that role. She also played uh, an or- her 
she so plays funeral. She plays uh, her uh, her mother, her grandmother. Yeah, and the baby. And the baby, actually, the baby crying wow. is not canned baby laughter. Is actually uh, is actually Kate. You're kidding. That. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was She's pretty scary yeah. when she did it. It was pretty scary because Mike Mike had a list of things that we needed, and we I think we'd recorded the rooftop scene, mm-hmm. and um, Mike said, "Oh, uh, we we need a baby crying," and I was like, "Okay, well, speak to Clayton, and he'll get it from his files." I just think things can be produced from midair. I don't really understand these things. No, he doesn't. No, he, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Well, but if you want, if you want some, uh, if you want some cheap books, guys, I can hook you up. <laughs> um, and then, and then Emily, sorry, Emily, I keep on doing this. And then Kate said, "I can do the baby, uh, the baby crap." And Mike and I were like, "Oh, okay." And Roy was there, and and Clayton, and then she did it, and it was kind of scary, wasn't it, Mike? <laughs> to be like, she just yeah, it just it was yeah, it was a transformation. It was pretty freaky. It was very realistic sounding. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh, Okay, well, you know, I guess this is the big time now. You know, this is uh, this is it. But yeah, it was very scary. But yeah, she did all that as well as, as playing a, a wonderful uh, role with um, um, Emily. I, I got I to ask you guys now. Yeah. Now, now that mm-hmm. uh, now that uh, Matt Smith has played the Doctor, and and the, the show has kind of settled that whole uh, last Doctor arc, sort of, uh, when we saw Peter Capaldi show up with the new kidneys and all. So. <laughs> My question is: Are 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 there any plans to retcon uh, the sh- your show to fit with the TV show timeline, or is there just no point to that? Um, I don't I don't think we're that caught up in it. I mean, originally when season one was was done, it was done before Matt Smith. So my Doctor, I never really thought. I thought, okay, there would be there would be David Tennant, another couple of Doctors, and then me. Right. Uh, okay. And then it took it took you know so long to record and and write season two. By that time, Matt Smith had popped up. We had the War Doctor, so everything had changed. And towards the the end of production, we had Peter Capaldi, which is why we did the whole recap scene where all the Doctors were really the Watchers at the beginning of season two. So really when you when you think closely about it it's a little bit confusing it's a little bit classic doctor who because you think well if if the doctor's on his last regeneration and stuff like that but you get you get too caught up in that you know what i mean yeah leave it to uh, you try and if you guys try real hard to fit it in what's to stop them from changing it again in a few years exactly and then you're right. back out of continuity <laughs> that's so, true yeah. yeah i mean everything the whole the whole thing about 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 doctor who continuity is that it's not continuity <laughs> Right. I mean, it isn't. I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, if they make if they make the big finish things, you know, canon, which I think he did with the with the McGann standalone Night of the Doctor, then you know, then we've got two versions of you know Jubilee and Dalek, and we've got two versions of Human Nature. It, the list yeah. goes on and on. Well, and we on. we, you know, we, we had the absolute pleasure of of speaking with uh, Nick Briggs on uh, on the book guys, and uh, he did wow. say that that big finish has been canon since nineteen ninety. Um, and that they do have to run all their scripts by the TV, uh, uh, the writers' room, to make sure that they're not stepping on any toes. So really, yeah. So and of course, like you said, then we get Naya the Di- Doctor, and he's naming off, uh, you know, companions that have only appeared in Big Finish. Yeah, yeah, which kind of indicates to us that they're all they're all legit and everything's there. So. 
Yeah, but that's the great thing though about Doctor Who, though, because the continuity is is so loose, you can really do whatever you want with it. I mean, even within series ten of uh, uh, of the new series, you've got you've got continuity conflicts within itself right. uh, yeah. and within New Who. So, I mean, if mo- yeah, in series, He's sorry, excuse me, season- out yet? I'm a time traveler, Andrew. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> season nine, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I really like Carrot Top as the Doctor in season seventeen. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too dark, though, don't you think? Mike, go on, but I'm just busting you, Mike. Sorry. I, I'm still crusading for uh, Warwick Davies as the Doctor. He would yes, be... I noticed that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I want a short Doctor. They can call, they can call it short trips. In yes. The <laughs> uh, so you guys are obviously it's shorter obviously, on the inside. Yeah, shorter yeah, on the inside. On the inside. <laughs> So you guys Sorry, are obviously Mike. fans, and uh, nine, Mike. it's all gone. It's all gone a bit funny here. I'm just, I'm busy selling some books. I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Mike? My Doctor Who wife, talk to me. <laughs> well, my Doctor Who, uh, my Doctor Who husband. Um, yeah, no, the, yeah. There, there is the continuity is so loose that that's the fun thing about Doctor Who. And if you think about it too hard, I think if you tried to slot it into too much of a rigid like this happened here and here and here it's not like star trek or star wars where it's more sort of defined although even those those fandoms you know gain, some of my favorite game a bit sloppy as well so some of my favorite uh, big finish audios just throw the cannon out the window that's the uh, doctor who unbound series from them oh those are brilliant yeah. which are marked right on the tin it says this is not canon this is we're going nuts and you know we had a female doctor in that we had uh <laughs> I, I remember there was I can't remember the name of the actual audio drama. There was one where they explained why he was called Doctor Who by Wu Tan. Uh, really? The, yeah, and and it turned out they used it was very cleverly done. They used a whole bunch of foreign uh, languages and and words that sound like Who, uh, and and, and huh. just it worked it into the script. It was it was really neat. But the Doctor Who Unbound are really uh, those those are great. That's a fun. Yeah. It's fun to go back. It's fun for I think for authors and for you know creators to go back and explore all that stuff and try to explain all the stuff away. But uh, as Andrew always likes to say, at the end of the day, it's all made up anyway. So it is. It's all just, it's all just fiction. So what? Don't Mike? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm bursting any bubbles here tonight, but Paul, you can't say that on these interviews. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, you're it's, right. You will cause major friction. What's the matter with you? I'm just quoting you. <laughs> Sorry, don't don't bring me into this. I'm just a humble second-hand bookseller. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is my favorite documentary series. Mm. It's so real. It's like it's like Housewives of Gallifrey or something. Comic books, comic books, comic books. We mentioned earlier that uh, Titan Books is now putting out those those comics. They got the license a few years back. And they have been aggressive, shall we say, <laughs> in in producing new content. Yes, prolific. And a bunch of it is really good. They've got currently have ongoing series with 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, and the 4th, I think yeah. is who they have currently ongoing. Yes. And uh, My doctor actually just bought me a copy of the 4th uh, Doctor's uh, Nice. Yeah. And, and in, in, My doctor being Andrew Chalmers. And of course, there was a team-up event, as there always is. They did a a the Four Doctors special, a five a five issue run that I really liked. 
And I like uh, the 11th and the 10th. Uh, those versions, I like the new companions that they've introduced. Uh, in the in the in the 10th series, he's actually operating out of New York City, so that gives it sort of a different vibe as well. So there's some really really good stuff yeah, that some, uh, Titan uh, Comics is doing. They seem to. I think you can. It's one of those mediums where you, I mean, the, the even I mean, I remember getting Doctor Who weekly, weekly. I stress, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> not the monthly, then, weekly, weekly. Yeah, uh, I mean, this was back in the day. I think it was carved on on, on maybe stone and brought down the mountain to my house. Right. Um, <laughs> but that was that had really good, uh, you know, fourth Doctor uh, scripts. Like I think there was the Iron mm-hmm. Legion and the Time Witch. And stuff like that. And they were very ahead of their time because you can do anything you like. I mean, you can go nuts, right? You want a Roman legion of robots? We can illustrate them. It's like audio. but I Comic think... books have no budget. Exactly, exactly. But they're actually doing... Um, I got all of the, the Fourth Doctor run, and I'm sure that will lead to a, an ongoing series because I love the covers, and so does Mike. Yeah. Some of those covers are absolutely oh, yeah. phenomenal. They're absolutely, I mean, we got all of question number sixes because they're fantastic. But, I mean, there's other ones, they do like a photo cover, and they're doing a, a third Doctor series as well. I, th- I think the fourth is having quite a resurgence since the cameo in uh, in the, the Day yeah. of the Doctor. Yeah, he is. I think he already had a, I mean, he's all, I mean, everyone's like, you know, the scarf and the hat. I mean, yeah. when I <laughs> was a Doctor Who fan before the resurgence of the show, uh, it was, oh, I remember that guy with the, with the eyes and the hair, and, and there was always something with the hat and the scarf or the music. But I think he's, um, yeah, he's definitely, he's become a little bit higher profile now. And, you know, it, it kind of upsets me a bit that the BBC treats the, the classic Doctor Who almost as like the redheaded stepchild, and they, they kind of want to just kick it under a rug somewhere. And, and they're not, you know, uh, and then, uh, you know, at the, I can't remember, it was the Fan Expo here in Toronto a couple of years ago. Colin Baker shows up and uh, they broke the world record for most Daleks in a room and there, there was I mean young 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 fans in there screaming there was uh, some you know like 12 year old girls from Japan crying because they got to meet Colin Baker so like I think the BBC is uh, underestimating the amount of love that uh, new Who fans have for the classic Doctors yeah, that's um, that's interesting. We we did Comic Con, but we didn't. I think we did it in a year when, when uh, when he wasn't uh, he wasn't there. But uh, I think he's he's had a real resurgence. I mean, Mike knows a lot about the big finishes, but uh, he's he's had a he's had a resurgence. I think he was very underserved by the era and the support of his time as and that bloody coat that he was wearing, but. On Big Finish, him and McGann, I think, have really, uh, and Michael know more about this, they've really shown themselves yeah. to be fantastic doctors. And, and thank God they were given mm-hmm. a vessel. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if you yes. imagine Colin Baker in, like, a, he, he wanted an outfit like Eccleston's. He's yeah, like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't give it to him. What. <laughs> he looks like something out of, an extra from a Wham! video running about, you know. <laughs> Uh, right, right. I mean, it's, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm strangling Perry, but <laughs> right. you know, I'm joy- I'm I'm dressed up like like God knows, like something out of a pantomime. Like so Ro- Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ronald McDonald, and the hair didn't help. It's hard to get that sense of gravitas when you're wearing, you know, a Ronald <laughs> McDonald outfit. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, and uh, his new companion's the Hamburglar. You know what I mean? I mean, it's bad news. You know, and, uh, and then they changed his costume, and he ended up just uh, with a, like a blue clown costume. Like, who made yeah. that decision? Really? Uh, yeah, like less. We want it. We want it ten percent less clownish. Yeah. Well, well what are we going to do? Make it blue. Oh, please. <laughs> but he wanted black leather. He wanted it moody and dark. Just make it blue. It's okay. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. What do we have the budget for? A cape? Okay, give him a cape. Yeah, give him a cape. Okay. Give him a cape. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a bed. It's a bedspread from Brideshead Revisited, but use it as a cape. <laughs> Don't forget the cat pin. Yes, totally. The cat pin. <laughs> I know, but he get he does get a bad uh, he does get a bad rap. But and McCoy sometimes as well, but he, at least he had one good season and, and a few good shows. But Thank God for big finish for all these guys, really. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's let's you know since we have all these Doctor Who fans in one place at one time, let's talk uh, some of the um, podcasts. Of course, Doctor Who Dark Journey, technically a podcast as well, because it is available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Um, but uh, there's there's tons of uh, Doctor Who podcasts out there. I'm just gonna maybe they have put... exploded over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, yes. Maybe let's go around the table and uh, see what uh, what everyone's listening to. Maybe uh, Professor Allen, you could start off. Yeah, I've been a listener to the show, The Doctor's Companion, uh, for many many years. It's gone through various iterations and various hiatuses and reboots. Does that sound familiar, Paul? Yeah. Uh, what they're doing now is looking at each TV story doctor by doctor and the way they do it is they covered the first story of the first doctor then the first story of the second doctor first story of the third doctor etc and when they got around to Capaldi they go back to the second Hartnell story the second Troughton story so you get a nice mix of the old classic episode discussion along with the more modern doctors so I, th- I just think that's an interesting way of doing sort of an episode-by-episode episode recap. And what was the title on that mired, again? You're not mired down in certain eras. That's The Doctor's Companion. The Doctor's Companion. Yes, yes. Uh, I think that was the one that had the groovy theme song? Yes, it does. All right. I'm going to play a little bit. Just this groove. It's like sure. an 80s uh, groove. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't get more 80s than this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, it's like kids by Take That. That's right. Yeah. Uh, just a little note here. Craig did drop off. He was having Skype issues. So. Oh right. In case anyone was wondering why Craig is was cut, 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 cutting out earlier, uh, he's decided lost in to, the vortex. Yeah, he's lost in the vortex. Lost Actually, in the vortex. He's out there somewhere. Come hang on tight, and he'll end up a giant face in a jar. Yeah. <laughs> Let me close the door. Yeah. Around. There you go. That's exactly. Yeah, a giant face <laughs> in the jar. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, I don't know if you guys listen, it's called uh, Doctor Who Podshock. Um, yes, I have heard this podcast, yeah. Yeah, and th- this is a fun one out of the UK. Uh, I did fast forward, I believe. Uh, I, just, I love the theme song, too. It's produced by uh, Jeff Smith at geoffsmith.com. There we go. It's got a kind of a Doctor in the TARDIS feel. 
Remember that tune from the, the Time Lords? Yeah, the Time Lord, number one hit in the... I was over there when it was the uh, UK hit, actually. Oh, you're kidding. It's, it's still in my 80s mix on my iPod. Completely, yeah. It's just it's one of those songs. And a lot of people don't even know that it's linked to Doctor Who. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was a classic. They had like a really crappy car painted blue. That was the TARDIS. Yeah, that was on the single. Yeah. That was on the cover of the single, yeah. Bunch of cardboard dudes were the Daleks. Yeah, they, just they, like the series. Yeah, they didn't they didn't worry too much about rounding them off or anything. It was just cardboard. And just like the series. <laughs> yeah, just like your, just like the series. <laughs> Special effects budget seventy five pence. Yes. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? In any uh, Doctor Who pods that you're listening to? Um, well, I like to listen to. There's a home group. Well, sorry, my adopted home of Canada. Uh, there's yes. one over here which is uh, drinking in the park. Uh, with, well, drinking in the park with uh, Neil and Johnny. They do a lot of. Uh, they're very funny, and they do a more of a, a humorous kind of look. They're actually uh, the world's first. Uh, who's the boss? Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of demand. There was a big fight for the number one slot, but uh, uh, I think they uh, they managed to prevail and win. So they're they're quite good. A couple of a uh, couple of talented, funny guys that always make uh, me laugh. And also over here, we have Troughton is my doctor, which is um, uh, a very good friend of ours who actually gave us our first interview. You know, and then both questions still unanswered. Doctor Who and who's the boss? <laughs> it's not Angela. I'm telling you, it's not Angela. I don't, really I don't know. know if the audio adventures for who's the boss are the same, uh, the same caliber, if they're, <laughs> if they're canon or not. But uh, no, no, no. Interesting <laughs> to find <laughs> out. If you guys want to buy any who's the boss new adventure novels, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, I think Judith Light is really well, uh, well explored in the audio adventures. Her, that... her character, her personal, her story arc. <laughs> That, that sounds that, right. Angela, Angela. Angela. That sounds nefarious, Mike. <laughs> that, uh, that Who's the Boss 50th anniversary celebration, that was impressive. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the big trailer for it. I like that whole flashback <laughs> thing they did. It was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just picturing the Tony Danza regeneration scene. Hey, away, hey. Wear this Ronald McDonald wig, Tony, and you'll be okay. <laughs> So we yeah, got comic books, we got podcasts, we've got audio dramas. There's all kinds coming out from Big Finish. I just I just finished listening on Audible, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash book, guys, and get it for free as your first book. Um, is uh, I listened to The War Games, as read by David Troughton, which was oh. uh, kind of neat, because he really <laughs> sounds a lot like his dad. You know, he puts on the, the whole accent, uh, you know, the whole thing. I'm not sure if he's putting it on, but he definitely sounds like his dad. And uh, it's kind of a retelling of that. Uh, yeah. That yeah, Troughton the, the uh, story. small amount of watching 10 episodes when basically when when a regeneration story took you through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You like you got to the, you got to the end and you were shaving like you've yeah. never done that before. Yeah. You know, because like, the, the, yeah, like, like what was that? Like a 10 parter? <laughs> ten, yeah, ten parts. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say you know, kids these days, but yeah. you know, people's attention span—it's like, oh my god. Yeah, and that's a, a lot of new fans. You know, they they just don't have the the patience for classic who. And uh, there was someone I I, oh, I don't have the link anymore, but someone did a like a, a pro edit of like uh, editing them all down, like by seventy five percent. 
75% less Doctor Who and, and still managed to tell the, 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 the tale of the classic uh, series. But I don't believe that lasted too long on YouTube. It, it might be uh, with the, the, the Virgin novels. <laughs> oh, hey, a subject close to my heart, you know, the Virgin novels there, yeah. You know, I think so. I think you get it. You get a bit of a taste of how uh, an alternate, uh, an alternate take on the classic who stuff through the Target novels that we were talking about like earlier. Like even I'm actually looking at my copy of the War Games here, and it's actually a pretty slim, yeah. slim book. It's a hundred and it is slim, hundred forty-three pages. And I remember it actually being quite, quite a ripping read, like very quick and very straight to the point. And that was the great thing about the Target novels. They either cut away a lot of the stuff that was padding or they added a lot of backstory yeah. that sort of brought new dimension to the classic stories. I think one of my, I don't remember the name, but one of my favorites that added a whole new feature to the TARDIS uh, revolved around I think it was one of the early ones uh, was the Banshee circuit, which is this part of the TARDIS that when the TARDIS oh. knows it's dying it, it, it turns on the Banshee circuit that basically does whatever it has to to stay alive and it's represented as a cat that appears in the TARDIS. And, and I believe at the end of that, uh, or the beginning or the end, it becomes, uh, once it's done its job of keeping the TARDIS and the Doctor alive, it becomes the pin that, uh, that Colin Baker wears. So it adds some canon to that, that the, the pin is actually the Banshee circuit from the TARDIS. It's kind of neat. I always thought that... Uh, and to, if you really think about it, the TARDIS has done that over the years, you know, becoming like the Earth's sun, you know, stopping itself like a split second as it's exploding, you know, freezing itself in time, giving the Doctor just enough time to save it. And that's uh, that's kind of neat. I love when yeah. they add new stuff yeah. to the TARDIS, that, you know, I'm retcon. Just, I'm just listening to you thinking it could either be an accurate pitch of something that you've experienced or you could be on crystal meth and it would still <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it has nothing to do with the electric lettuce <laughs> it, it, I swear. it turns into a cat and I'm going oh my god this guy's having a really good weekend this is fantastic no I'm just teasing yeah, I know what you mean I know what you mean yeah we I think it's, it's one of the first ones when they're, they're 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 chasing this entity throughout time I, I don't remember what the wow, okay. it might be the third that, I, ever I believe that is, according to the Googles, Google? that is a new Doctor Who Adventures, seventh Doctor called Time's Crucible. That's the one. Part of the Cat's Cradle series. Part of, that's it, the Cat's I Cradle told you series. you it was legitimate, guys. Thank God. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, you know, <laughs> so I'm really yeah. worried. <laughs> And but, they, you know, Chami, uh, Chami, Chami actually did, you did a bit of that with, with uh, your little character that you wrote for me as well. We had um, a character called a Fred. No, he didn't turn me into a cat, but uh, Andrew turned me into a companion as well, who is a bit of a, an extension of the TARDIS in, in a way as well. So there's lots, yeah, there's lots of fun that you can have with that and how the TARDIS But it, it, voice, it really wouldn't have, and, have surprised me if I had just totally made that up, because, you know, our, our, our memories from the, the Doctor Who we watched in our youth are, are don't hold up sometimes when you you put the old episodes on then you realize it's just it's just spray painted bubble wrap you know it is it is <laughs> it's just it's all it's not real guys it's not real uh, my mom used to lie to me because I used to get the Target books and I used to I used to get pocket money which was basically one pound a week this was back in Scotland where I was born 
and I used to go down to Princess Street and I used to buy a Target book and take it back and then basically, you know, read it and make sure it was never creased. And I used to say, Mom, 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 what's, what's going on with these Target books and what's the next? And my mom would get so tired of this Doctor <laughs> Who rambling. She would make stuff up. Like, I remember she told me there was Doctor Who and Charlie Chaplin once. <laughs> um, and Doctor Who on Coronation Street. And I think she was even, there was something about Doctor Who and in the bible or there was just she was just making up anything doctor <laughs> who and manchester united uh, so i do i do know what you mean but the thing about who is you can say this and you think oh it does sound it does sound it's plausible and sure it. <laughs> yeah absolutely doctor who and sherlock holmes make sense that would no one could write that and make sense of it i i beg to do <laughs> and oh. no one has and no one has mike do you want to do you want to tell these fine gentlemen about our new project Oh, there's a new project. Yes, sir. Please. Yes, yes there is. We are, we're currently developing a new take on... Uh, on. We wanted to uh, explore fandom a little bit. Through our experience doing um, Dark Journey, we've had so much, as we were talking about before, so much great interaction with fans and sort of going to Comic-Cons and meeting people and doing podcasts and interviews and all this kind of stuff. But we thought, well, let's kind of explore fandom a little bit, but also... Friendship, because friendship is a big, a big part of Doctor Dark Journey. Andrew and I are longtime friends, and we've made so many friends doing Dark Journey. So yeah. we came up uh, with this idea for. Shut up, Andrew. We came up with this idea <laughs> for. Um, <laughs> a series called uh, Derek Who. No, Shami, why don't you tell them a little bit about Derek Who? What it's all about. Well, thank you, and and now over to the sports desk. Um, <laughs> We, yeah, we, we came up with this idea, which was basically, um, it was based on experiences that we were having during the tumultuous recording of season two, which okay. was now now recording in a public washroom near you because the acoustics are really cool there. So we, we did a lot of things. We met a lot of wonderful people. There was a lot of comedy. There was a fair degree of tragedy uh, as well. So we've we've we were very very close to finishing the script for uh, our friend Deriku and our friend Derek is is a man in the middle of a crisis um he and his friend are trying to put together a doctor who audio drama oh, with various degrees of success uh while kind of balancing uh the arrival of a new baby um for the the Mike character and uh, actually Derek's wife has left him because she uh, wants kids and he can't commit. So we've got basically... So this is almost we, your like your adventures in space and time. You got it. You got it. You got <laughs> this is it. brilliant. You got it. Um, so we've got this... Thank you for that. We'll put that on the cover. Thank you. <laughs> so we've got this, this idea that basically is it's a comedy romantic drama about fandom. And what we wanted to do was... A lot of people come out and say things like, oh, I'm so inspired by Doctor Who, blah, blah, blah. But we wanted to get to how it really inspires people when their life is not very good at all. Um, and, and do it in a, in a comedic sort of, you know, dramatic way. So at the moment, we think it's we're, we're very uh, we're very pleased with it. Uh, we've done a few a few test readings of it. Um, and we think it's going to resonate with not just only fans of Doctor Who, but but fandom in, in general. There's lots of other fandoms um, uh, in there as well, and and maybe even bring people in who just like a, a bit of a you know a, a romantic comedy or whatever. So 
this is that this is very close. It will be seven episodes, and it's probably going to be twenty-five minutes to half an hour an episode. Um, so this will be our our friend uh, our friend Derek Hu. It's um yeah, it's it makes sense. Who oh, is look, looking does, forward to that, Derek Hu? Derek does, he doesn't know who he is, and uh, a lot of fandom in there, uh, a lot of fans and stuff like that. So yeah, at the moment we're uh, we're very um, pleased with it. Guys, it's been so so much fun talking to you about Derek Who and uh, Doctor Who Dark Journey. Uh, right back at you. Thank you. An would, honor. Would you guys maybe come back sometime and talk a little bit more uh, hooligan nonsense? Nonsense? <laughs> sure thing. Probably not, no, but we, we've enjoyed no. <laughs> <laughs> Now listen, I'll come back, but you got to buy some books from me if you know what I'm saying, guys. Yeah, right? and I'll get you the good Chinese food. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying. Okay, it's good. okay. No, it's been it's been delightful once again. Sorry for my uh, my lateness there, but you know what? I was late, but I came in, and this is I can't believe it. This is this is being so so great. So thank you very much. Thank you. This has been fun, guys. Thank you so much, uh, M. A. Tamboro. Thanks for having us on, Andrew. Hey. Andrew Chalmers. Thank you so much. And guys, uh, remind us again where uh, folks can find. Doctor Who, Dark Journey, and all the great stuff that you're doing. And maybe give, give out your tweeters. Oh, yeah, out to our tweeters. We are, uh, we're on Twitter. Our handle is at Media. And uh, if you want to find any of our episodes, our interviews, our artwork, all of our music, is all on our website. It's uh, amaudiomedia.com. And we're also totally free on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Player FM, and a bunch of other places. So just check out uh, Doctor Who Dark Journey AM on the media. Mike, do the slogan. Oh, the slogan. Slogan. Well, the slogan. The slogan is by the fans for the fans, which is what uh, which is what Doctor Who Dark Journey is all about. We are we are fans making stuff for fans and doing it because we love and we love the fans. Don't we love the fans, Andrew? We uh, we adore the fans. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, and a, a shout out this uh, week to our new fan. We have uh, our official Hooby. Uh, so uh, love and hugs goes out to Danielle uh, this week, who is she's our first official Hooby. So I'm just mentioning her on this uh, on this <laughs> nice. podcast. Excellent. There we go. There we go. Shine bright. Shine bright. And just as a little bit extra, um, I'm setting up um, uh, New Adventures uh, secondhanddvd.com. Contact, <laughs> contact me for anything you need. I can put you in touch with people. It's all totally legal. And I'm not yeah. on anyone's toes, and I don't want to hear any stuff from Terrence Dix. Nudge, nudge, worry. wink, wink, say no more. <laughs> he's, not, he's not on Twitter. Don't worry. Yeah. It's not oh, on- I, hope that, I hope that you edit these episodes. Yes. <laughs> Stay yeah. tuned, constant readers. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Find out. Yeah. <laughs> same Thanks, same book time. <laughs> same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. I got, um, obviously this is me back. I got, um, I have all the uh, the targets on uh, I uh, I acquired wink wink nudge nudge all the target books on uh, I think a DVDR and I have all the uh, the virgins as well the new adventure ones if you uh, if you needed those or anything then no to me no to me nudge 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 no to me say no more no to me